Hello, my name is Sonny Aigbe. Welcome to a boy and his dream podcast. I have a special guest in the house today. I know you all are so curious about to hear about who this person is. This gentleman here is so young, powerful, talented, educated, strong in the community. I mean, I'm talking about the man on my left, Mo Bennett. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Thanks for having me, Sonny. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. It is a pleasure, man. You see how he smile? Yeah. I mean, with so much power, man. It's like a rising shine. Dude, um, I, when I first con- first connected with you was when I'm doing my health and wellness uh, activity at uh, one of the um, one of the luxurious towers here in Chicago. I try not to mention a lot of towers, so I can I'm not advertising for them. They got to pay me to mention their name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm still there too. I hey, appreciate that. Hey, you got to produce. <laughs> you got to you got to get paid to mention name, man. You know for because sure. for you to be where you are right now, you've already invested in yourself and be who you are. So. You got to get paid. 1000 right? That's what I'm talking about, you know, because uh, if you're not producing, something is wrong. So let's bring it back to Mo right there. So I'm going to tell you real quick on how I connected with him. You know, I'm doing my health and wellness. You know how I am, energy and whatever. So we're kind of like, um, you know, you know, exchange names and stuff. Like we start chatting. Then I got to see you again. I get to see you again. The more I see you, the energy remains the same. And that's what tells me that this dude is real. Because, you know, I don't mess with not real people. You know, I like to mess with... Ro- Real people, you know, organically. Yeah, yeah. So eventually we start talking, right? I get to know that know you a little bit and a little bit. Then you get to find out that we I am heavily involved in the community, nonprofit. Then I told you about the meal packing that we're packing fifty thousand meals to go feed on the privileged children in Africa and Nigeria in particular to address the malnutrition issue. Then you're like, man, oh, I want to volunteer. I was like, whoa, he give too. That was what sealed the deal. So what's up? Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Honestly, it it was, uh, for me personally, it was God because I set the intentions before I met you. And it was like I woke up the next day and I met you. And I say that because uh, it's been on my mind to travel to Africa for some time now. Mm. And um, I was just going through my normal day-to-day routine. I did join your fitness class. It was random. It wasn't nothing planned. I just happened to join your class that day. And I, I instantly connected with you because we wasn't just working out. You was actually speaking to my soul. I'm like, man, it was wow. like a, a deeper connection. So that was God, man. Yeah, that was God. I, I said I the, heard they said that he moved he moved in a very mysterious way. Very mysterious, very mysterious. And I couldn't uh deny the energy that I was feeling from you. So I, I definitely wanted to to, you know, become a part of what you were doing. I saw the movement. I saw the passion and what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And the, the realness that you saw in me, I instantly was able to, to feel and see within yourself so it was as well. One, it was two-way street. So yeah. you were feeling me, I was feeling you, yeah, and I, God was speaking. 100%. I trust my intuition. That's kind of how I move. I kind of just stay close to that inner voice, that small voice. Yes, sir. And uh, I was following that voice, and it guided me uh, to your class. And one thing, you know, led to the next, and the rest was history. It's like once I uh, became aware of all that you were doing in the community, outside of the community, in the works, I'm like, wow, man, there's someone uh, that I aspire to be. Because growing up where I come from, it was kind of a lack of that that uh, leadership mm-hmm. of someone that looks like me who I can relate to. And it was an instant connection that I felt with you, like, okay, this guy can definitely help me, uh, you know, reach the next levels that I'm aspiring to go. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, fall back to war. He just talked about that war I'm doing. I'm sure so many people who are listening right 
now who doesn't know what I do. You know, myself and my you know and my team. So we set up a nonprofit organization that's going to service underprivileged children here in Chicago and in Africa. So I was born in Africa, born out of wedlock. You know, most of the children born out of wedlock in most of the remote third world country they totally not re- you know accepted they rejected quite often so there's a lot of them right now floating around globally just suffering and not educated not wanted because they're born out well like no dad no mom so that was me so um so we set up a program to be able to help provide resources to all these uh, all these people who are affected by this situation so our current project in Africa right now to install 100 playgrounds so that kids can freely play in the rural area and also continue to pack meal to feed them so that to address the malnutrition issue that is affecting them. Here in Chicago, we continue to like raise funds, you know, to fund our scholarship and a mentoring program. So we currently have about 47 scholarship awarded so far with a lot of students in various colleges and also assigned to different mentors. So I personally am mentoring like three. So he's going to be going with me to Africa next week to go and study playground that we shipped and also donate those $50,000, uh, do, uh, 50,000 50, meals that we packed and shipped over there. Everything's already clear. We said we're ready to go. So back to Mo. Tell us a little bit about your background because you're coming from somewhere too. You're coming from a struggle. You're coming from a hood. It could have kept you from not... Growing, you could have been you could have been that fifteen percent who was like shooting and banging and killing right now because of what you went through, right? Man, I want to hear about everything. Let's go raw. What happened to you? Your experience, how it makes you feel, how you got out of it. Who are you right now? Because those kids tripping on the street, they need to hear about you. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Back before I get into that, I I do want to add something to what I was saying before was another thing that I always prayed for was to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. So that was the origin. I feel like what led me to you and to want to give my time and give uh, whatever I can give uh, resources wise or my energy or just showing up to help provide to the cause and what you were doing. So I feel like, you know, just me. Setting that intention is is something else that also helped with our connection Amazing and, and that. that energy. That's a good thing. So you having that kind of mindset right now and looking at what you've experienced and where you're coming from, and you're not angry, you're not upset, and you want to do good instead of like wanting to be exactly where you're coming from. I mean, what is that? Tell me your background. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up... Uh, in the war zone area, south side of Chicago, I grew up on this. Uh, you mean war zone, like yeah. W-A-R? Like, war zone, yeah, war zone. Like, like war, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. like no joke. No joke, no joke. Uh, on 79th, 79th and Ashland mm-hmm. is the area I grew up in on the south side of Chicago. And uh, just wanting more. Uh, early on, I was uh, introduced and became aware of a better quality of life through my uncle. So he was like a big uh, pillar in just exposing me to more. And I naturally kind of always wanted more for myself. So I didn't allow my circumstances around me to kind of deter me from where I saw myself and how I saw myself. I was just like a like a natural born leader in a sense to whereas I didn't allow the environment to dictate how I would think and move because I knew I was on a mission to, to, to create something better for myself and for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where, where I come from, um, is a, I have a great support system. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a strong mother. I actually have two, uh, 
two great fathers, actually. I grew up with uh, my stepfather, who was like a dad. I, you know, he's my dad. Mm-hmm. And then my biological father. So I had two great uh, examples. And both of those guys at, at one point in time came from like a street background. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get, um, you know, education inside my household on how to move outside, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. early on. And that, that paid off big dividends for me uh, with just trusting my instinct because a lot of stuff growing up in those environments is is, is instinctual you know in a split second you know let's go let's go back to that tell me one of the worst scenario that you ever experienced that could have just like turned you into a negative aspect of it yet you just kept moving towards the positive side tell me one of those one of those like crazy moment that you experienced like what the heck you know uh so I go back what I had to be maybe like 14, 15 years old. It's like my freshman year of high school. And it's around the time in my neighborhood where we, if you take uh, public transportation to school, a lot of times you're going to get into street fights with other guys in the neighborhood or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just a typical day, uh, me coming, transporting, going back and forth from school. And on my block, on my walk home, uh, some guys that, well, you know, it was just regular inner city neighborhood, urban you know, beef or however you want to portray it. But uh, it was one, it started off as fights. And as, as things progress and they get aggressive, you get older, eventually it goes off to a gun going yeah, off. Yeah, beef. Mm-hmm. So at that time, the, 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 the scariest thing that I personally experienced was a gun going mm-hmm. off and me hearing the shots where it almost felt like it could have been like a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me a a, a, a a validity that I knew I was supposed to be here, like God, protect like in that situation I just felt like I wasn't super scared or nervous I just felt protected you mm-hmm. know I, I and it I by the grace of God you know I'm still here to tell still a story here. but uh yeah I was running and I literally heard you know bullets flying over my head hitting trees hitting you know gates ping ping you know just yeah. in the midst of that just on my way home and from you school. you check yourself, nothing happening. You see yeah. a life. That's when you knew that God yeah. has always been on your side protecting yeah. you. Yeah, and this is just a, a regular day of me coming home from school, you know, just trying to navigate through those common waters. That's amazing. So um, growing up, are you guys like Christians? You guys go to church on a regular basis? Uh, so church, my mother uh, definitely was, we very spiritual. Uh, we definitely keep God first. So at points in time, it, w- it wasn't consistent, but in points throughout my childhood, we would go to a church. Uh, it was non-denominational. I, I really don't resonate with a lot of the religious aspects of it, but in, in regards to God and being having a relationship with God, I definitely prioritize that. Um, but as it relates to church, it, it wasn't anything consistent, but it was kind of like, you know, throughout over the years, mm-hmm. we'll maybe go to church and then things like that and, you know, pagan holidays. So it, it, she be, the church we went to, it made us aware of certain things to where I started to kind of like do my own research outside of church mm-hmm, and kind of create my own church and build my own relationship with God. So I've always maintained that regardless whether I was in or out of a church. I appreciate that. So you guys always have have that, um, you know, you know, special bond with God, you know, have that special value. Yeah. You said that mom was a huge influence in your life. So tell me a little bit about mom. Uh, That's the biggest influence of my life. Honestly, Uh, she is the drive. I mean, I wouldn't be the person I am today without my mother for sure. Mm. She, she raised me right. And she raised me with a, uh, 
an iron fist for sure. That's what I'm you talking know, about. bust my nose a few times, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, just to keep me disciplined, and I appreciate it. She definitely gave me a lot of love. I ain't really want for anything, so we grew up in a war zone. But she she worked a nine to five, middle mm-hmm. class, like so. Growing up is not like I really, uh, in comparison to other kids in my neighborhood. We were we we kind of had you know we were in a better position. My my deck of cards were a more favorable because I had two parents in my household. My yeah. mom did have a job, you know, mm-hmm. so she was able to provide the basic necessities. So someone for me. was focused. Someone yeah. was producing. Someone yeah. was making sure there's light so, over your head, roof yeah. over your head. So my household, basic you know, necessity was provided for sure, for sure. So everything that was going on inside of my household was uh, supportive of whatever I wanted to do, you know. And my mom provided that environment for me, so. Maybe once I stepped outside of home, I, I had to navigate different things. But uh, she she did the best that she could with ensuring that I had everything that I needed to prepare me for the world and just raising a, a young man. She really, um, you know, just went beyond, you know, reasonable doubt in every way possible to assure that I was going to grow up with the best possibilities in every situation if it was left up to her. And she instilled a lot of good values, you know, good values and core principles inside of me early on, uh, just on the drafts of school and elementary school, just, you know, talking and instilling good things in me, be a leader, learn all you can, teaching me manners, you know, thank you, this and that. So just the basic core things. Mm -hmm. uh, And and a lot of those things just, you know, stuck with me till today. Those core values, you know, life skills. She made sure that because, okay, let's, 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 okay. I'm going to hold this question real quick and bring it in the second question. Adversity, right? Adversity and challenges that we go through in life, either it's going to shape us, it's going to destroy us. And we all have our story. Everyone, every human being has a story. It's how we're telling it that matter. What yeah. we do with it that matters. It's not what happened to us that defines us. It's what we do with it. You know, it's a mindset thing, yeah. right? So it seems that every obstacle that you've been through, you know, see, you know, this program is about adversity, talking about adversity and how to overcome it. You mm-hmm. know, you know, if you if you fall down, get back up and walk. <laughs> don't yeah. just stay there and just complain about it. Don't stay there. Get up. Let's keep going. Because so many times we have to fall. You know, just like a baby, you know, they crawl, they fall, they walk, 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 they fall again, they start walking, start running. Yeah. So that's also the same journey of life. You know, you have your own adversity and you overcame your adversity. You didn't let it set you back. So look at all these children who went through adversity. I have my own big ass adversity. I mean, fat ass adversity. I didn't let it hold me back. Yeah. Of course, uh, later on, I started getting help. But for you to get the right support that you need, you have to first of all position yourself. For sure. You know, you cannot be saggy, banging, game banging, and one robbing people, and you know to be doing that. You're not going to get the help. You're going to be hated. Yeah. So for our children right on the street out there, like this, right now, they're wild. There's so many of them carjacking, game banging, and just doing whatever they feel like because the system allowed them to. There's a leverage right now. They're kind of like loosening up everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a huge gap in education and information. And it's a lack, uh, and it's a it's a a cry for help in a very unique way because for for me just understanding the different cycles that you go through when you're in that environment, uh, majority of those younger kids or just the youth period anywhere around America or around the country that that um, may react like in a negative or just reacting period is coming from a sense of survival mode. Okay, uh, and that's kind of like. 
the the gap that that needs to be shifted and the way you shift that. How is, can we do that? Yeah, through information and also inspiring and being an example, leading by example and sharing our story, like doing what we're doing now. Because it's been uh, times throughout my journey, uh, through throughout my adversity, where I ha- I have been in su- severe, you know, survival mode, mm-hmm. and it would lead you to 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 want to like do yeah, something crazy, instinctual, like, instinctual. or mm-hmm. now you you, you like kind of get into an animal mode type of instinct you become very versus, impulsive you you want to take the, the yeah. quick available route you know whatever it is you exactly know? exactly so it's just bridging that gap and being able to provide more resources and, and information uh to help people make better decisions how, how did you break through that one more time for me personally uh i i was just very passionate about self-development okay. so on that journey mm-hmm. uh i just you know did a lot of research and I began to study the mind. So I, I came across a lot of uh, recordings and things like that of, you know, f- famous people that's kind of been around for years, like Earl Nightingale and Bob Proctor and these uh-huh. kind of people that uh, teach self-development. Um, so I just kind of fell in love with those audio books. Uh, the Strangest Secret was one of them that really stuck out to me. And once uh, I began to realize, like, okay, this this is real, uh, the strangest secret of success uh, that most people are not aware of, but it's in our face all day is we become what we think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's important on how we talk to ourselves and who we become, because if we're telling ourselves we can't do this or we not do, you know, so it's the language that you, how you speak to yourself, it starts there. And it kind of starts with uh, breaking down your old ways and behaviors and breaking that paradigm mm-hmm. and shifting into a new renewed mind or a new renewed heart that kind of can guide you down the right the right direction. What of, uh, can choices. you give me two examples of those your old behavior that could have stood in your way of success? Uh, yeah. So for me, I used to have to like create pressure around. So I would procrastinate a lot uh-huh. and then create pressure around a scenario before I would take action. Uh-huh. So I kind of eliminated that that thought of me having to put myself under pressure to really take massive action and just using my purpose to, you know, fulfill my actions every day and Uh kind of taking that, taking a proactive approach versus kind of being, you know, laid back and just letting things happen. And once it get to a pressure situation, now I'm aggressively looking to move forward. And I feel like that kind of thinking that way, it it led me to not be where I want to be as soon as I wanted to be there, I feel like now that I'm being more proactive about my goals and I'm taking it more serious, uh, you know, it, it's allowing me to prepare, move, yeah, feel move faster, move faster, and also feel more fulfilled because I feel like uh, a lack of action kind of leads to depression for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm thinking a lot, so I was uh, constantly in an analysis of paralysis kind of okay. thing okay. constantly like overthinking steps overthinking over, I'm taking action over, overthinking know, versus action mm-hmm. so thinking I had to have it perfect before I would take action or thinking I had to have something all the way down packed before I would go ahead and take that leap of faith and uh-huh. now I kind of just lead by faith with and it comes from strengthening the relationship I have with you know with the most high I love that. So, what do you currently do right now? What is your business? What's your business like? Currently, I'm a, a real estate broker. Okay. Um, okay. And you mentioned something earlier um, in regards to the adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest adversity that I have experienced in my life personally 
Uh, I mentioned it earlier, my uncle was kind of the guy that kind of made me aware and kind of exposed me to different things in life. He, grew, My family grew up um, in the projects, Robert Taylor Homes, uh, south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And at 18, my uncle uh, moved out of the projects and bought a 3,500-square-feet home on four acres of land in uh, Mokina, Illinois. And um, it was just a big deal for me. You know, 18, a year later, bought a Corvette, you know, and this is in the 70s. So it was it was real big to know that, okay. If he can do it, then you can do it. Yeah. And, and he, you wanted to learn how he did it. What was the mindset? What are the principles? There are rules and regulations. There are steps that you have to take in order to grow. Exactly. You start learning that. You needed a mentor. You needed someone that can help you jump, jump start, you know, and you were given all that. You took advantage of that opportunity. For sure. So many people were given opportunity. They didn't even, they don't have eyes to be able to see, to recognize it. And they throw it away. And yeah. then what do you have to say about those people? And also, has color, race, been any kind of problem? I mean, I'm not saying anything that's ever going to be perfect. Giving up is something that I don't tolerate at all. Mm-hmm. Has race been a problem with you in doing business? And to be honest, I have dealt with race, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have had more success dealing with other races in real estate than uh, my own kind. Mm. Uh, That's deep. So in regards to race, I mean, I have dealt with more issues of my own kind in in the business than dealing with other races, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have dealt with racial issues Mm -hmm. in my my past growing up, but as it relates to business or as it relates to, like, growing— You've been uh, it hasn't really been a, a real obstacle. The, the, the biggest obstacles has kind of came from within and just me, within. you know, me mm-hmm. developing myself mm-hmm. and uh, just not giving myself any excuses and taking full, accountab- uh, full accountability of my life. So you're saying that regardless of your color, your, your gender, it doesn't really matter if you are qualified for anything that you present yourself and position yourself correctly, at some point someone's going to see you. For sure. And someone's going to give you a chance. For sure. You know, that's powerful. Yeah. You know, um, I just uh, I just hope that everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, you can hear him, hear Mo Bennett, you know, uh, share his testimony, his adversity, his success, his struggle, and how he had to overcome, maneuver all kinds of obstacles that could have set him behind. And maneuver, just like maneuver all of them and became very successful today. And today you're not living in the south side. You're not living in the west side. You're living in downtown Chicago competing sure. with the comp- competition, sure. right? Sure. Dude, you're opposition. Yeah. You know, um, you're young. And uh, you. how old are you, if you don't mind? 29. 29, can you imagine? And uh, he's killing it. And I believe that if he can do it, anyone can do it. At 29, I don't. I didn't have home. I was still in Nigeria, man, still begging for acceptance. I believe so, yes, too. Yes, sir. Still begging for acceptance, just wanting people to accept me as a human being, bro. Because mm-hmm. I was born out of wedlock, I was not properly respected. Yeah. And it, it's no longer about me right now because I figure it out. Because the angel, God sent people to me. And uh, when they gave me the opportunity, I took it. And then I, I started building upon that. I didn't just, I'm not just building it to keep for myself. I'm mm-hmm. building it so that I can pave way for those underprivileged children who are struggling, who are going through what I went through, so that they can finding it more easier mm-hmm. to get empowered and to get transformed, to get migrated into this, to, to the other side, the other side of greatness, where the real true life is, where there's a purpose. Sure. You know, because no, no child should be allowed to suffer. 
I agree. You know, because um, a lot of the problems created on Earth, a lot of problems that we go through on Earth were created by humans. That wasn't how God created them. Because of human selfishness, mm -hmm. problems were created. Because of human selfishness, the problems cannot be el eliminated. Because problems brings growth for a lot of the selfish people. But today, I'm saying, for anyone who's struggling out there today, if you can hear me, just know that one day, you also will be able to overcome your own struggle. Because any problem that you're seeing right now, eventually that problem will change. Yeah. Everything changes. Everything changes. You know, it's so hot at the moment right now. Give it two years. Give it a couple of years, man. It's that waiting period that everyone struggles with, bro. Yeah, Just patience. To, yeah, patience. It's that waiting. Because you know my biggest gift? Patience. Mm -hmm. I love it. I can wait. Long suffering. It's a lot of long <laughs> suffering. Yeah. That's my gift. Uh, but, but going back to your point of the adversity, um, mm -hmm. let's get into that a little bit. Talk to me. So... How what led me to uh, real estate? Mm -hmm. uh, getting back to my uncle, uh, it was pr the most traumatic thing I experienced in my life. I heard about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, very traumatic, and through it, I was able to find my purpose. In hindsight, looking back on it now, uh, but at that time, I was just going through it. Uh, so. Uh, we're going to fast forward to my senior year in high school. I'm graduating, getting ready to go to college, going on prom. Uh, so uh, this is around June in 2011. And uh, it's my prom day. My, I send uh, tickets to my uncle to come see me and every all my family and everybody come see me go off on prom. Uh, so he, my uncle's there. Everybody's seeing me go off on prom and kind of transition into my next phase in life. And then three days later is my graduation after the prom. So I uh, went to the prom, and then three days later, I graduated. Uh, however, I saw my uncle at my prom for the last time, but I didn't see him at my graduation, and he had a ticket, and I just knew for sure he would Something be there. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, and also I haven't heard from him since, since that night of my prom. So... Uh, my family and, and we all, we go have a graduation dinner after I graduated. And then afterwards, we decided to just do a, a wellness check on my uncle because no one had heard from him. And uh, during that time, we discovered, uh, at, after showing up to his house, we discovered uh, that there was like signs of forced entry. We go in the house, it's like ramshacked everywhere. We smell gas. And now we're kind of concerned. And uh, the house is completely... The same house that I mentioned that he that he bought at 18 years old, he lived in that house. So uh, the house was completely ramshacked, you know, just stuff everywhere. Had a big grandstand piano that's like flipped over, just stuff all over the place. Uh, so my father, my stepfather, he actually was walking. He was leading through the house. And uh, once we got to his bedroom, he saw my uncle rolled up in a sheet like with gas over him and doing what he was dead wow he was dead he was rolled up in the sheet dead and the gas we were smelling was gas poured over him and gas that was uh kind of filtered out through the house and at that time uh he just got everybody out the house i i didn't see it personally you know because i was right behind him and once he saw it he just turned around like come on y'all let's get out of here 
And then when he got in the car, he kind of told us what, what happened. We already kind of knew because we was walking through and it was real weird that, you know, the nature of what was going on. So uh, fast forward, we fit, you know, it was a big thing, man, in Will County, murdered, you know, some guys had, a, a guy murdered him in his home and then kind of like ramshacked his house and was stealing stuff from him and stuff like that. So it was a really traumatic experience. But I tell that story because out of that, um, I was able to, to find my purpose and my passion in real estate. How did you overcome that? That, I mean, that's um, a huge, that's a serious adversity. So how I was able to overcome it was just uh, one day at a time. And to this day, I just came to realize that he's still with me. Like I, I, I I know, like, for, it's not a doubt in my mind. And everything that uh, that I was looking for at the time, like, man, like, he's gone. The one person who I was looking up for, to for, for was like a mentor. you know, I graduated. And this, the person I'll be talking about, what's next? What's my plans? You know what? He was your and, mentor, right? And it's like he gone. Mm. Uh, but in hindsight, he was still there because um, he owned some rental properties and he— uh, had his property and then he had a car. So when I went to college, you know, I had his car that he had. So it, it was like the support of him still being there, getting into real estate. Uh, so since he passed away, he didn't have his will properly set up. So the properties went to probate court and uh, my mother became the executive over the estate, uh, which is when you have a probate situation, mm -hmm. you need to have an executive that runs the estate. So I I was just sitting back, just kind of witnessing everything she was dealing with, the family fighting, and I'm like, how can I help or what can I do to add value to the situation to just take uh, whatever I can take off of my mom because I just seen the amount of stress she was, was dealing a lot. with. Mm -hmm. You know, just let alone grieving him, but now trying to deal with his estate and deal with money and, you know, family and just, like, dishing out money and selling. So the judge ordered... Uh, my mother, which was the executive over the estate, to sell the properties so that the heirs can split the proceeds. At that time, I was uh, studying. I was in college, and I was studying pharmacy. But it, it wasn't really resonating with me. I, I, I began to, like, do some business and, like, uh, linger in that area and start going on YouTube, like, studying real estate. So uh, I came across real estate wholesaling at the time, and— I kind of put two and two together. I'm like, wow, so my mother's going through this. The judge just um, appointed her to sell the properties. And the, the things that I was learning on YouTube were saying you want to find motivated sellers, people in probate, people. So I'm like, wow, this sounds like, you know, I just kind of connected the dots. And it was, uh, it just made it that much easier for me since it's my mom that I'm dealing with and she has to sell it. So it kind of helped me along the process, and through that, I was able to— uh, You just shift. Yeah, just shift. So now I'm, now I'm in a real estate world. I'm, you know, networking, making calls, you know, trying to help with her sell the properties. Through that process, I learned a lot, uh, met some good people, and it kind of set me off of my career path in real estate. And it was a layup because these was properties that my family had owned, and I didn't have to do much to— uh, get access to the properties but it also gave me an opportunity to see all because in the midst of it I was I, you know I, I sold the properties for the state and I was able to make a small commission and I was 18 at the time so I'm like wow you know I just made you know a, a nice amount of money to be 18 
at that time, I'm like, wow, I want to, you know, I, I want to do more. I want to do more, mm-hmm. you know. So it kind of, you know, set me off on my path at real estate. And to this day, I have not, not done anything else. I've been working in real estate. Uh, it's the only job that, you know, I've done, been paid off commission. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed for it. So it's like that scenario is kind of how I broke it down and just kind of been dealing with it. And it's just been a lot of other uh, synchronicities and things where I've been kind of connecting the dots where my uncle been showing up for me in mm. spirit and just, you know, putting me in positions or it's things that I, even books that I'm reading to this day that he had that we was able to grab. And it's just like all connecting. Everything is connecting now. So I just take it one day at a time. I, I don't really look at things like it's happening to me. It's kind of like happening for, for me no, no matter no matter how ugly it may get because I feel like um, if we're still here, then everything is going to be okay. And then as long as, uh, you know, we can still get up and go, then everything eventually will be okay. So I'm I'm fine with just being in the unknown and just, like you say, putting my head down, doing the best that I can. And that's kind of was the mindset that I took on. I didn't try to, like, figure it out or get too – involved in it. I kind of just was kind of stoic and went with the flow. And honestly, I didn't realize it, but it was 10 years. I just, I really just grieved my uncle, like, in October of last year. Um, I went, like, on a spiritual retreat where I kind of got away and just was remote and was, like, toned out of everything, uh, everyone, just kind of checked out for a while. And it was really in the mindset of growing and, like, trying to do my business and just thinking about business. I I wasn't thinking about my uncle at all, but um, it hit me. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was the broke first— down. Yeah, it was the first time I ever really broke down. And then I didn't even realize, like, how did I not go through this sooner— uh, it just made me realize how how many things we kind of carry on as humans in life, mm-hmm. you know, with us on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. where it, uh, that time really allowed me to kind of sit with that and, and really grieve my uncle <clears throat> because, you know, from 2011 when it happened up until 2022 or last year, I never really broke down because at the time when it happened— It was probably still a surprise for you. Yeah, like, it was a surprise. You and, didn't believe it. And then yeah. I had my family with me when it happened. And it was me and my father, and the rest was women. So it was like I was just trying to be there for everyone, kind of like try to— As a young man, you always say, be strong, do this, do that. So it was like trying to be that person and being that person, it, in a way, it kind of make you shield from your, your feelings and, like, put a cover over your feelings and, and your emotions to whereas, you know, I was just carrying that around, carrying that weight around for 10 years, not realizing it. And then uh, I was finally able to kind of release and grieve and just come more to terms with the reality of things and, you know, how he's been able to still be there for me, even not being here in the physical, physical realm. Yeah, I like that. You know, my my condolences for you, uncle, and I mean, so rest in peace. You know, I'll have your 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 family in my prayers, and I'm going. I know you're strong, and then I know because he paid it forward for you. You're strong for yourself. You're very responsible. You be able. You're able to take it from there and build upon it. And then today, you're paying it forward for the kids. For sure, it's a good thing. And um, for those who does not have anyone. And to mentor them who doesn't have anyone in their lives, you know, I'm saying that stay strong, find a mentor, find a way to figure it all out. Adversity is set. 
Adversity, everyone must visit. Adversity is not here to destroy you. Adversity is here to make you here to make you stronger so that you have more wisdom to be able to navigate every obstacle, obstacle that you're going to face in your life. And today we're going to draw a curtain for this episode. I want to thank you for coming today to share your you know, story of overcoming adversity. I mean, you've been through a lot. You know, I yeah. want to thank you. I thought I've been through something, not knowing that. Oh, uh, that tells yeah. me that so many people have a story. If you have your story and you want to tell it on this channel, please reach out to aboyonhisdream.org and click on that contact and then fill out those applications. Talk to me. Let's bring your story to life because so many people are willing to hear your story. Your story might motivate somebody. So don't keep it to yourself. Tell it and use it to improve others. Thank you for coming, man. Sonny, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I feel like the greatest gift we can do is inspire one another. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, you was able to inspire me and hopefully we can inspire the next. You inspire me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So I have a, well, I always wrap it up like this. They say, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. I changed that real quickly after so many researches. What doesn't kill you will not make you stronger, especially if you don't have the right support system. You know, what does not kill a man will not make a man stronger. It's going to paralyze that man if the right support didn't come. Because if the right support didn't come to me, I would be crumbled. I would be all wiped out, man. Sure. What doesn't kill a man does not make him stronger. It kills him. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Thank you for being here today. Thank and you. We'll do it again. Thank you. <laughs>